Let's go to the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. And so, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that, that you're here with us. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Fill us with your presence. Surround us with your love. <clears throat> As we worship you, we, we desire to <clears throat> we desire to bring glory and honor to you. And so, Lord, as we sing, as we worship you, Lord, come inhabit our praises. Fill this place with you. <clears throat> Lord, reign in me. Over all the earth, you reign on high. Oh, hang on here. We got a problem. You can't hear my guitar. That would be a problem. Sorry. Let's try this. <laughs> Don't mean to make difficulties. <laughs> okay, now you know what we're singing. Over all the earth, you reign on high. Every mountain stream, every sunset sky. But my one request, Lord, my only aim is that you reign in me again. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power. Over all my dreams, in my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? Over every thought, over every word, may my life reflect the beauty of my Lord. You mean more to me than any earthly thing. So won't you reign in me again? Lord, reign in me, reign in your power Over all my dreams, in my darkest hour You are the Lord of all I am So won't you reign in me again Lord, reign in me, reign in your power Over all my dreams, in my darkest hour You are the Lord of all I am So won't you reign in me again? So won't you reign in me again? <laughs> that was kind of weak. <laughs> if you're going to clap to the Lord, don't clap for me. Clap for the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Today, today I choose 
Sing it again. Today I choose to follow you. Today I choose to give my yes to you. Today I choose to hear your voice and live. Today I choose. Follow you as for me, as for me in my house, we will serve you. As for me in my house, we will spend our lives on you today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful counselor. Everlasting Father, Eternal King, Lord of hosts, willingly we follow. Sing it again. Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Eternal King, Lord of hosts, willingly we To give my yes to you today, I choose to hear your voice and live today, I choose to follow you as for me, as for me and my house, we will serve you. As for me and my house, we will spend our lives on you. As for me and my house, we will serve you. As for me and my house, we will spend our lives on you today. Today, yes, today.
You have been so good. You have been so good to me. In my faithless hour, you've been my strength. You are my tower from the enemy. You have been so good, so good. Let's sing that again. You have been so good. You have been so good. You have been so good to me In my darkest hour You've been my strength You are my tower From the enemy You have been so good So good to me hand is always faithful your mercy never ends and when i feel unable your grace is there again yes, you have been so good you have been so good to me in my faithless hour, you've been my strength. You are my tower from the enemy. You have been so good, so good to me. You chose me in my weakness. And all my sins forgave. I've nothing to repay you. So all that I can say is you have been so good. You have been so good to me. In my faithless hour, you've been my strength. You are my tower from the enemy. You have been so good, so good to me. Yes, thank you, Jesus. So good. You have been so good. So been so good, so good, you have been so good, so good, you have been so good, you are my tower from the enemy. You have been so good, so good to me. We've got one more. 
Passage out of First Peter, this is chapter two. Let me get the mic in this hand. All right. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking, as newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as to living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in scripture, behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe he is precious. Those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you, but you, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people but are now people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy that's so awesome to think about I uh you know uh, the the longer I've walk with the Lord I think he reveals it to me more but it's still it's hard to imagine the love that God has for us a love that uh, that says a love that you know gave his only begotten son says that uh, greater love has no man that he would lay down his own life John says that Uh, behold what manner of love that God has bestowed on us that we shall be called sons of God. Thank you, Jesus. Because I don't know if I would have chose me. My, I know my past, everything I've done, but yet he still, he still calls me a chosen generation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jim, do you know that God knows everything you've ever done, man? Every word you've ever said, and he still calls you a royal priesthood. That's so awesome. I think about the, when I read this, I was thinking about the, uh, the, uh, the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, and um, you know, how, he, uh, 
how he squandered all of his inheritance and his wealth and um, after the money was all spent that he was living in the pig pen he was living with the pigs and uh, it says that uh, when he was yet still a far ways off well so he was he was preparing a speech you know to give to his father you know hey you know I messed up won't you uh, you know hire me as a let me stay with one of the with one of the servants, with the, let me be a hired servant, you know, at least then maybe I'll get some bread and water. But it said that uh, when he was yet a far ways off, the father saw him and ran to him and wrapped him up, put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger. And I'm willing to bet if he had known, if the son had known the things that the father was saying to him, he wouldn't have spent one more minute so awesome guys and that uh, the same with us as Christians now Christ is our past right um, I was reading some commentary on this uh, Jimmy Swagger was uh, saying that and as much as Christians did not know how lost they were before they were saved we do not know how saved we are now that we are no longer lost man that's awesome to think about right <laughs> So, Lord, we just lift you up this morning, Lord God. We praise your name, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, uh, that you have called us out of this marvelous or out of darkness and into this marvelous light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you this morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. Receive our worship. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't need to spend one minute more in the pig pen. Amen. amen. no rock, there is no God like our God, yes, hallelujah. no other name worthy of all our praises, the rock of salvation that cannot be moved, he's proven himself to be faithful and true, there is no rock, there is no God like ours. Let's sing that again. There is no rock. There is no rock. There is no God like our God. Oh, hallelujah. No other name worthy of all our praise. The rock of salvation that cannot be moved. He's proven himself to be faithful and true. There is no rock, there is no God like God. Sing it out. Hallelujah. Rock of ages, Jesus is the rock. Rock of ages, Jesus is the rock. Hallelujah. Jesus is the rock. There is no rock, there is no God like ours. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is no rock, there is no God like our God. No other, hallelujah. No other name worthy of all our praise. 
rock of salvation that cannot be moved. He's proven himself to be faithful and true. There is no rock, there is no God like ours. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Rock of ages. Jesus is a rock. Rock of ages. Jesus is a rock. Rock of ages. Jesus is a rock. There is no rock. There is no God like God. Sing Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Jesus is a rock. Rock of Ages. Jesus is a rock. Rock of Ages. Jesus is a rock. There is no rock, there is no God like ours. There is no rock, there is no God like ours. One more time. Yes, thank you, Jesus. There is no rock, there is no God like ours. got several rock songs here, so bear with us. Your powerful hand is upon me to live in the light of your word. Fear turns to faith in the arms of your grace and your love. I am so secure. The wind and the waves may be raging, so on you I will fix my eyes. Storms have no choice at the sound of your voice. I know that your peace will be mine, because you are the rock that I will stand on. You are the hope I hold on to. You are my source of life. My source of strength, I will build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus. Your presence is ever around me, like the sun pouring out of the sky. No greater love under heaven above, to you I abandon my life. Cause you are the rock that I will stand on. You are the hope I hold on to. You are my source of life, my source of strength. I will build my life on you. Cause you are the rock that I will stand on. You are the hope I hold on to. You are my source of life. My source of strength, I will build my life on you. My rock, my fortress, 
defender and guide, my hope, my shelter, redeemer, life. Sing it again. My rock, my fortress, defender and guide, my hope, my shelter, redeemer, life. Cause you are the rock that I will stand on. You are the hope I hold on to. You are my source of life, my source of strength. I will build my life on you. Cause you are the rock that I will stand on. You are the hope I hold on to. You are my source of life. My source of strength, I will build my life on you. 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 Yes. This is a new song, probably, except it's an old song. It's 1989. That's probably before some of you were born, but uh, not you, Mitch. Not you, Mitch. <laughs> but it's based off Psalm 61, so it's just beautiful. When my heart is overwhelmed. Hear my cry, give heed to my prayer. When my eyes are dim with tears, oh, Father, make them clear. From the ends of all the earth, when my heart Let me know that you have heard. Bring me into safety. And lead me to the rock, the rock that's higher. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Lead me to the rock, the rock. Lead me into safety 
and lead me to the rock, the rock that's higher. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Lead me to the rock, the rock that's higher, higher than I. Oh, lead me to the rock, the rock that's higher. That's higher than I. Lead me to the rock, the rock that's higher, higher than I. Higher than I. Sing it again. Higher than I. Yeah. 
in the power of your love. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. Bring me near. Draw me to your Give the Lord glory this morning. We glorify you this morning.
struck wonder at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water, such a marvelous mystery. Oh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. our heart this morning, Lord. We want to adore you. We want to wait on you, Lord, because there's no other God like our God. <laughs> there is no other rock. There is no other source. There is no other provider. There is no one that can do the things that you do. I thank you, Lord, that you are here this morning in all of your power and all of your glory. And you are here to speak to us, Lord. You're here to touch each one of us. You're here to change us in your presence, Lord. We offer ourselves to you now. We wait on you, Lord, and we invite you. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Come. Each person here, each person, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We all come with needs and problems and struggles. Life is challenging. And, and Lord, this is the time we can come. Lay everything before you. Invite you to come and lay your hands on us. Speak those words that we need to hear. Peace, be still. The words we need to hear, be healed. The words that we need to hear, go your way and sin no more. You've been set free. Or we... We just give you this time and we say, come, we wait on you. We invite you. Speak those words that each of us need to hear, Lord. We all have unique problems and circumstances, but it's, it's all the same stuff. We all deal with the same things because we live in a broken world, Lord, and you have redeemed us and you are restoring us and you're renewing our minds and you're changing our hearts, Lord. You're giving us ears to hear. Thank you, Lord. Speak to your people, Lord. 
thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are here, Lord. We treasure your presence, Lord. It is, it is so amazing to know that you want to dwell with mere men. You want to come and you want to live in and among us and you want to live inside of us. Thank you, Lord. You chose to dwell in the hearts of men. So, Lord, our, our response to you is that we want to we position ourselves to become a sanctuary for you, Lord, a habitation place for you in the Spirit, Lord, so that, that you can live in us and empower us and let your love and your light flow out of us freely. We need you, Lord, more and more of you. Your presence in us and going before us, preparing the way. We can do all things when you are with us and when you go before us, Lord. We can endure hardships. We can walk through the trials and the struggles. We can walk through the valley, the shadow of death when you are with us, Lord. And we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us, Lord. And I thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And when we get, get a little off the path, you, you seek us out like the good shepherd that goes after that one lost sheep. You don't leave us lost. You don't leave us on our own. But you seek us out, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are always working in us. You're always working for our good. Thank you, Father. You are the good Father that runs to us to restore the broken relationship. And you don't just restore us and say, you got to work your way back up. You restore us as a child with all rights and privileges restored. And you, you say, welcome home. Welcome home. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for speaking to us this morning, Lord. I know. You are stirring people's hearts and lives. You're speaking. You're encouraging people to know that tomorrow is going to be a new day. Tomorrow can be a different day. We don't have to be the same person tomorrow that we are today. We don't have to make the same mistakes tomorrow that we made yesterday. We don't have to live the same way from now on. There is hope. Your hope causes us to never be ashamed, to never be despairing or left or rejected. Your hope makes us know that you are with us and you never fail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. The Lord is good. You can be seated. Thank you, Brian and worship team. That's good. And it's good that you uh, had a lot of songs about the rock because we're going to talk about the rock a little bit. Um, so we've got a special song.
I have a book here I, I absolutely love. It's uh, of hymns. I get. I have a set of a set of them. Um, and I was flipping through it last night. I was in the emergency room, and trying to choose a song. And there were so many of them. And I marked down. I marked two of them that I was just gonna wait until this morning to hear what the Lord wanted me to sing. And um, the scripture on this one, it comes, they come with stories, but the scripture on this one is, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In your way, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Proverbs 3, five through six. I'm gonna tell you that no matter what your circumstances is, if we trust and obey the Lord, he's gonna do good things for us no matter what. So I'm going to sing this a cappella, and it's been a while since I've done this, so bear with me. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the sky, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our tolls he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but it's blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delight of his love until all on his, the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, for the joy he bestows, or for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, 
series and uh, it's about knowing God, knowing God in the different ways that he has revealed himself through his word. <clears throat> and one of the things that uh, we talked about before was uh, God is Jehovah Jireh, which is our provider, the one who appears, the one who shows up and takes care of stuff. And then we started in on knowing God as Jehovah Nisi, who is our banner. And we talked about that last week. Uh, didn't quite make it through, so I'm going to finish up today. So <clears throat> there's a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, when he revealed himself as his banner, basically he was, it was in the midst of an experience where all the people were going through this journey. <clears throat> and I made the point that we are in a journey. And so knowing God, it's a journey. It's also an identity. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I just printed those same notes again as I did last week. Flip over on the back side. That's where we're starting. <clears throat> I, didn't, uh, I didn't make it all the way through last week. I never know how long I'm going to talk. I don't have it all planned out or anything. So Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. And... <clears throat> I think it's really significant that we understand that our, our identity, if we're a believer, our identity needs to be in Christ, in who he is, what he has done. We need to recognize who he is, and we need to line ourselves up under that and say, I'm all in. This is who God is, and I know where my home is. I know where my destination is. I know where I've come from. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. That's my identity. I am a believer. I am a child of God. I am associated with the name of the Lord. And when you call yourself a believer, then you need to align yourself with all that the banner represents. It's not just a catchy title or not just uh, something you do on Sunday morning. It, it is a way of life. I mean, you are saying, this is who I am. This is how I live my life every moment, all day long. This is who I am. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. And we shouldn't be changing either. We should be the believers that we're called to be all the time. And if we, if we can do that, if we can allow the Lord to reveal himself in us and through us, I think we would all be pretty amazed at what God would do in our lives. Because his light would shine out of us. Because if we begin to uh, make our identity in him all day long every day, then that light and that love would come out of us. Because that's what's in us. We would be saying to everyone everywhere we go, this is who I am. And you don't have to say that's who you are. They will know that's who you are. They will look at your life and they'll say, 
Something is different about that person. Something is not like everybody else. And it's really significant that John shared that passage about being a, a, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. A, uh, you know, we are a chosen generation. We're not just, we're not just like the world. We are different. He has called us out of the world, out of the darkness, into his marvelous light, and we are special. We are a special treasure to him. He has given us his name. That is pretty awesome. It's also it's a pretty awesome responsibility to, to attempt to live in a way that represents his name properly. I think the church has had a lot of bad publicity over the years because people that call themselves believers don't live up to the name. They don't live any differently than the world lives. And if we do that, then the world looks at us and they say, well, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. There's nothing special about you. We need to be who we say we are. So who are we? We're God's people. <clears throat> Isaiah 59, 20 says, The Redeemer will come to Zion to those who turn from transgression in, in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor the mouth of your descendants nor the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. He has called us and he's put his name on us. He's made a covenant with us and he said, this is who you are. You're my people. I'm your God. That's the way it's going to be forever and forever and ever and ever and ever to your descendants and your descendants' descendants. It's not going to change. This is who you are. That's the way we need to identify with the Lord is that we are saying, yes, that's who I am. I'm all in. Because God's done his part. He's made the covenant and he's invited us to come and be part of it. Our part is to say, yes, I receive that. Yes, I commit to that. Yes, I want to walk in that. That's who I am. I identify God is my banner. My life is going to be different now. My life is going to be affiliated and identified by Jesus Christ living in me. We need to look to him first. Numbers 21, 4 through 9. And I want to, I want to read this passage to you because the people did not look to the Lord first. Matter of fact, they, uh, they were grumblers and complainers. And I told y'all last week, you guys are, are great guys. Y'all are not grumblers and complainers. So when I read passages about grumblers and complainers, I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm just, it's God's word. And uh, there are grumblers and complainers in the world, but none of them are in here. <clears throat> I hope not, anyway. <clears throat> then they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no food, no water. And get this, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. God gave them manna from heaven. And that's their response. They said, our soul loathes this worthless bread. Your provision for me, I am 
I am disgusted with your provision for me. We think, wow, they were horrible. But I bet every one of you has at some point in your life been a little bit disappointed with God's provision for you. You were wanting a Cadillac and you got a Volkswagen. It got you everywhere you wanted to go and it was faithful, but that wasn't really what you were wanting. You were wanting whatever and you got something less than that. I hope that you didn't say that. My soul loathes this worthless provision. But if you did, I want you to know that God's mercy and grace is still being poured out on you, and he doesn't reject you and say, well, you, you unregenerated, ungrateful, <coughs> kick you down the street. You know, that's not the way God responds. God responds by just calling us and saying, look, I want you to know me. I want you to know my heart and know that, that I don't change, that your circumstances don't cause me to change. Think about that. Our circumstance, I mean, to us, that's everything. And it makes us do everything in our lives differently. Like, oh, I don't have enough money. Now I can't give. You know, oh, I don't have enough time, so now I can't do things. And oh, uh, I'm our circumstances cause us to change our whole behavior. God doesn't change. He doesn't change the way he looks at us. He doesn't change the way he looks at life. He doesn't change his provision. He is God. And everything that we experience, he looks at it, and it's like, no problem, I got this. We look at it, we're freaking out, and God is, he's just calm as can be. He's relaxed. God doesn't change. We need to see him as the God who doesn't change, the God that dwells in us, the God that says, you are a special treasure to me. I've chosen you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, peculiar people. And that doesn't mean you're a bunch of weirdos. It means you are a special people. And some of you may be weirdos. I recognize that about myself. There are times that I'm a little weird, but that's okay. Because we're all unique. And it's okay to be unique. It's okay to be who you are. Although I want to point out to you that, that the enemy is always trying to take our unique characteristics and qualities and twist them and pervert them. And so what you perceive as just being you may really be something that the enemy has twisted and you just live with it all your life. And so you just think this is who I am. God wants you to be who he wants you to be, not who you are. He wants you to be his child and he wants you to obey him and be like him, not like some twisted, perverted version of that. And so every morning when I'm praying, I say, Lord, I want you to shine your light on me. I want you to expose everything in me that is not like you. Everything, every lie or deception maybe I've agreed with, knowingly or unknowingly, I, I don't want any of that in me. I want to know that there are areas in my life, if they are not right, I want to get them healed. I want to get them delivered. I want to be free. I don't want to walk in that. And I would encourage you to pray that way. I, Ask God to reveal it to you. And if you'll just be still, and while you're praying, just wait on the Lord a little bit, stuff will start coming to your mind. I mean, things like, well, you know, that attitude I have when someone says this and I do this, 
I've always just thought that's my personality. And maybe the Lord will say, no, that's part of your personality. I've been trying to change your whole life. That's why I keep bringing people into your life that talk to you that way. That's why I keep bringing people into your life that, that stir those emotions up in you because I want to heal you. I want to change you. But you won't give it up. You just keep holding on to it. Be willing and obedient. If you want to taste the good of the land, you've got to be willing and obedient. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to turn and repent because I promise you, you all have stuff in you that needs to be healed and changed. <coughs> we need to recognize that. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, so I want to keep reading now. So why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no food, there's no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And that doesn't mean something, you know, like a fantasy. It just means they were poisonous snakes. And probably when it bit them, the poison made them feel like they were burning. And so that's why they call them fiery serpents. And when these fiery serpents were among the people and they bit the people, many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We've sinned. We've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray the Lord that he'll take away these serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a fire serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, he put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. In Deuteronomy 8, they're recounting some of the experiences they had in the wilderness. Verse 11, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes, which I have commanded you today, lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, and when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which there were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you'd say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You don't ever want to say that. You should remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. The passage of Scripture that we're reading from originally, where God reveals Himself as our banner, it talks about the people thirsting and God told Moses, go and strike the rock and water would gush from the rock. The New Testament tells us that that rock was Christ. In this passage we just read in Deuteronomy, it says, he brought water out for you out of the flinty rock. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, this is a, a messianic prophecy, for the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Jesus Christ set his face like a flint, knowing that he was going to be crucified, knowing that he was going to take upon himself the sins 
and shame and guilt of all the world, he set his face like a flint. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because I know this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. And we need to be identified in Christ in that same way. We need to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to live. This is who I am. Every day, I'm going to be who God has called me to be. I'm not going to be that way just on Sunday morning for an hour and a half or so. I'm going to be that way every day. This is our identity. It's who we are. Second Kings chapter 18, talking about Hezekiah, said he removed the high places and he broke the sacred pillars and he cut down the wooden image and he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it. That's what we always do, isn't it? Something works. Something works and we start making it an idol. We start putting it up there and saying, let's just worship that because that's what worked. These people were burning incense to, incense to this, this bronze serpent that Moses made. There was a time when it was, a, it was the right thing. It was the exact thing they were supposed to do. God said, make a serpent so that when they look at it, they'll be healed. But they weren't supposed to worship the serpent. But that's what we always tend to do. We find something that works, and it's like, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing this. You know, this is how I'm going to pray now. This is how I'm going to do. You know, God wants us, to, he wants us to trust him. He wants to talk to us every day in every situation in life. He wants us to hear his voice and follow him. That's why when they went through the wilderness, it wasn't always perfect. That's why they had problems. They didn't have water all the time. They didn't have food all the time. God wanted them to trust him. That's what he said. We read that a while ago. He said, I did those things to test you and to humble you, to see if you would follow me, if you'd believe me. And God allows us to go through struggles and trials so he'll, he can see if we're going to trust him and believe him. He wants us to grow in our faith. He wants us to become mature believers so that when the struggles in life come, we don't be overwhelmed, we can be victorious. He said, I'm going to lead you in triumph. I'm going to cause you to be more than conquerors. He didn't call us out of darkness into his marvelous light so we can be boring, blah, 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 defeated, downcast, beat up, kicked around followers of Jesus Christ. I'm all in, oh, but I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. I'm so, uh, oh. You know, I, man, we want to be excited. If your life is miserable and you're filled with pain and sorrow and problems, you ought to still be able to say, God is great. And I'm going to exalt his name because he is worthy. He's still God. My problems and my life may be a mess, but God's still God. It doesn't change. And I promise you, when you begin to exalt the name of the Lord, your life will change. Something will start happening inside you, and you'll start seeing things differently. Instead of seeing your problems as huge and God as just something over here on the side, you'll start seeing God as huge, and your problems will be some little thing on the side. It changes everything when you begin to exalt the name of the Lord. Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I am so glad that God is thorough. He doesn't leave one stone unturned. He goes to 
every extreme to make sure that we get this, that we understand. That's why he reveals himself as, as all these different uh, persons, you know, the God that is our Savior, our Healer, our Redeemer, our Provider, our Banner, our Shepherd, our uh, Righteousness, our Peace, all those things. He reveals himself that way so that we'll get it, so that we'll know who he is. And this Old Testament account, the whole thing about the children of Israel being in bondage for 400 years and then being set free, they went from being slaves to free. They went from being slaves and in bondage to being God's chosen people, a people like no other people on the earth, where God actually says, I held you by the hand. I walked you out of that bondage, and I led you through the wilderness for 40 years. I took care of you. I fed you. I watered you. Your clothes didn't wear out. Your sandals didn't wear out. You didn't get blisters on your feet. The only time bad things happened to them was when they grumbled and complained. And when they grumbled and complained, they got out from under his provision and care, and he allowed them to experience hardships. But he didn't leave them like that. This is such a great story. It helps us to understand how our walk is with the Lord. This is our journey. It's not going to be perfect. He didn't say, I'm, I'm taking you straight to the promised land. He said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. There's a journey involved. We're going to the promised land too, but there is a journey. It's called life. We live this life. And as we live this life, we don't have to live it beat down and downtrodden all the time. We can live it victoriously. We can walk in joy and peace. We can walk in His provision and care. I don't want to have blisters on my feet. I don't want to have worn out shoes. I don't want to be saying, can you give me something else besides that worthless bread for crying out loud? I want to say, I'm, I receive your provision. It's enough. If we'll get that kind of an attitude, that frame of reference, everything in your life will change. When you see God as your provider, you're not going to be picky. You know? I mean, if you're eating, you're not starving. You may not be eating your favorite meal, but if you're eating and, and you're surviving, then, you know, we can rejoice over that. If you're not getting evicted, maybe your house needs some repairs, but you've got a home. If your car is beat up and, you know, it's kind of questionable, but it's still your car and it still works and it gets you where you need to be. Your legs work. Your mind works. There's so much to be thankful for. We can always be thankful. We can always rejoice over God's provision. So what is our destination? It's the promised land. And we're supposed to be uh, in the promised land. And we're not going to be there completely in this life. We're journeying to the promised land. But along the way, as we're going to the promised land, we still have God's provision. We still have God's care. We still can enjoy the abundant life. And then we will, ultimately, we will be in the promised land when we reach eternal glory. But in the meantime, we're walking with the Lord, and we're, we're doing good. So we're supposed to be, a, uh, the promised land is a dwelling place for God. And if you read this account about Israel leaving Egypt and going to the promised land, you know, they wandered in the wilderness, and then God gave them instructions, I want you to build a tabernacle. 
a dwelling place for me. I want to come and I want to dwell among you. I want to be among you. But he couldn't do it without having a place to separate him because sin and God don't go together. God is holy and he can't be in the presence of sin. So he, he said, build this tabernacle. There'll be a place for me to dwell right there in your midst. Even though you're sinners and I'm holy, I'm going to choose to live among you. And he told him how to build this tabernacle with an inner place that he could dwell and be there. And his presence was above him and the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And he went before him. He led them. And then when they got to the promised land, they were able to build the temple, which is a permanent dwelling place. And the same deal. He lived among them. And then Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he changed all that. Now we are the dwelling place of God because Jesus has made us acceptable in the beloved. He has made us able to be holy by the blood of the Lamb. He has made a dwelling place for God, and it's in each of us. And then our eternal dwelling place is going to be in heaven. I mean, God wants us to understand that he has a dwelling place, and it's supposed to be in us. And we need to prepare a place for him to dwell in, a place that's acceptable for him. And that's by the blood of the Lamb. That's all that it takes. But we have to position ourselves. We have to, to seek him. We have to offer ourselves. And we have to come to him. If you, just, if you have a relationship with a, a, a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or kids or family, if you never talk to them, your relationship is not going to be very good. You're not going to be very close. And I can tell you from personal experience, when you, when you don't talk to your wife <clears throat> like you ought to, it's not good. But when you talk and when you spend time and you do things together, I mean, everything is better. All day long, every day, you know, instead of dreading going home, I'm thinking, man, it's going to be great when I go home. I get to see my sweet wife. But when we're at odds or when we're not talking, something's not right, then it changes everything about that. And it's that way with the Lord. I mean, he, he, wants, he wants us. He wants to have that fellowship with us. He wants everything to be right. But sometimes we get busy or we ignore him or we don't make time for him. And when we do that, we begin to drift away. We're not as close as we ought to be. And then, then the enemy begins to beat you up and you start thinking, well, now... I'm embarrassed to go back to God. And I, you know, now I've got to go back and I've I got I to gotta try to make up for all that I've messed up. And you know, that's, that's the way the devil works. He tries to condemn you and make you feel bad. And God is just saying, come. He's not saying, get cleaned up and then come. He's saying, come. The prodigal son, he didn't, his father didn't say, go take a bath. Go get everything lined up and get everything right, and then I'll receive you. The father embraced him and said he began to kiss him. His pig stinking head, he kissed him. That's who the father is. That's what the father wants to do with us. He wants us to come. He wants us to know our identity is in him and our destination is with him and all about him. He wants us to be a dwelling place for him. I want to read this passage to you out of Genesis, and I want to make the point that 
God was revealing himself to men, and men were making a dwelling place for him. This is about uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Genesis 12. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. He moved on from there to the mountain east of Bethel. He pitched his tent at Bethel and on the west of Ai and on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. See, God, God appeared to Abram, but Abram positioned himself and said, I'm going to worship the Lord God. I'm going to make a dwelling place for him. And then in Genesis 35, Jacob, God said, Arise, go up to Bethel, the same place that his father the same place that his father and grandfather had worshipped God. He said, I want you to go to that same place. It was a dwelling place that they had made for God, a place on earth that they had made for God to dwell in. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let's arise and go up to Bethel. And there I will make an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress. And he's been with me in the way which I've gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands and the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them there under the terebinth tree which was in Shechem. And they journeyed. The terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them. And they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan. He and all the people who were with him, and he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. You'll notice that this is all the promised land. This literally is the promised land. And they weren't owning it yet, but they had purchased the land. They purchased some land in Shechem to bury Sarah. And God had said, if you'll worship me here at this place, I'm causing this to be a dwelling place for me to come and to dwell among you. And so now this is three generations down the road. God is still saying, this is a dwelling place where I have chosen. This is a place where you can worship me. You're going to be my people. I'm going to be your God. And it says, now Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried there below Bethel under the terebinth tree. And so the name of it was called Alan Bakuth. And then God appeared to Jacob again when he fled from Paddan Aram and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. You see, when you make a dwelling place for God, when you position yourself for God, for him to come and dwell in you, God can change everything about you. Your identity becomes in Him now, not in your old self, not in the flawed, failed, broken self, but now your identity is in Him. Now you're not Jacob anymore. Now you're Israel. Now you're the, call, the called and the chosen one. You don't have to be the same old rotten, miserable scandal you were. Now you can be changed. God gives you a new name. It's a name that is associated with the name of Christ. It's not your old self. You are a new creation. You're not the old person. Call his name Israel. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. Kings will come from your body. 
The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I'm giving it to you and to your descendants after you, I give this land. And God went up from him in the place where he walked with him. Jacob set up a pillar in the place where God walked with him and talked to him. He put up a pillar of stone. He poured out a drink offering on it. He poured oil on it. And Jacob called him the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. That's God's dwelling place. He chose to make a dwelling place for God. And we choose that when our identity becomes in Him. We say, I'm making you a dwelling place. God comes and He dwells with us. He dwells among us. And His power will be displayed in us and through us. Remember we read that? It says that fear and dread came on all the inhabitants of the land because they knew God was with them. The enemy is shaking in his boots. When you walk in the power of God, the enemy is shaking in his boots. But he may roar and he may make all kinds of racket and act like he's, he's got power, but he only has the power that you give him. He knows that he is defeated. He is disarmed, defanged. I don't know if any of y'all watch those Walking Dead type shows, but... There's this, there's this one lady in there. She takes these zombies. I mean, the zombies, you know, they eat people. and this, you know. she, she takes a zombie. She cuts his arms off right here on the shoulders. And she cuts his mouth out. And she puts a rope or a chain around his neck. And she just walks around with him. He is totally disarmed. He is defanged. He cannot hurt her. The enemy has been disarmed. Our identity is in Christ. I mean, you can get that visual image, you know. I mean, the devil, he ain't got any arms. He's been disarmed. He doesn't have any weapons that, that can be prosperous against us. No weapons prosper against us. It's only what you allow. So now, we're going to wrap it up by reading a few New Testament scriptures. I want you to realize that God revealed all this to you. It was an example for us so we can understand this and so we can know how this stuff works in the, in the kingdom. We're not supposed to just be walking along like we don't have a clue. We're supposed to know where we're going. We're going to the promised land, and we're enjoying the journey. Amen? We don't have to, we don't have to hate the journey. We can enjoy the journey. Romans 8, 11, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. 2 Corinthians 6, 16, For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ephesians 3, 17, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 1 John 4, 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He is in us because He has given us of His Spirit. His Spirit bears witness in our spirit. We know that we are sons of God. John 17, 3. This is the eternal life, that they may know you, Father, the one true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Worship team, y'all can come back. I want to read you one last scripture. I don't know, this is not really ending on a high note, but it's ending on a note that is really significant. The church 
has sort of lost its way over the past generation or two. But God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. Second Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, which is, that's our identity. That's our destination. That's who we are and where we're going. Our foundation is in God. The solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Woohoo! Yeah, preach it, brother. Can I just say, we need to position ourselves. If we want to be a dwelling place for God, let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be we're not going to be holy in our own strength, but we need to be striving to be like the Lord. God's word is clear. There are there are certain things that are just they're just not okay. They are sin. And the church doesn't need to put a stamp of approval on things that are sin. And, and I'm not going to name it for you. If you read the scripture, you'll figure it out. It's real clear. I mean, there are multiple lists where God says those who practice these things are not. They are not of me. And they are going to eternal hell and damnation. We don't want to be practicing those things. We want to be living lives that are pure and upright. And so if, if you're a believer... Remember, you can't just compromise the truth of God's Word because He doesn't change, His Word doesn't change. The foundation of God is solid. It stands. And it's sealed. We need to be walking with the Lord, not, not in, a, in a lackadaisical, haphazard way. We need to be doing the things that please Him. We need to build our lives on His foundation, and we need to to offer him a dwelling place in us. And we do that by daily giving ourselves to him and making ourselves available so he can come fill us over and over and over again and his fullness will flow out of us into everybody that we touch. God has an end in mind for us as his people. And it's better than anything that you or me or anybody can imagine. It's better than anything we can dream up. We need to get on board with his plan. His plan is the abundant life plan. Amen. My plan is the, is the pie in the sky plan, I guess, or, you know, fake it till you make it or something. It's not the right plan. But when I get on board with his plan, it's the abundant life plan. That's what I want to sign up for. It's the abundant life now, and it's eternal glory then. That's who I am. That's my destination. It's not changing. Amen. Let's stand and worship. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Hidden glory in his creation. Now revealed in you. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my 
That's what I'm talking about. That's our identity. It's the name of Jesus Christ. We call ourselves by his name. We are his followers. And he has put his seal upon our hearts. And he has said, I'm going to live in you. I'm going to dwell among you. You're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God. And there's not going to be anybody else on the earth that's going to be like you because you're going to be my special treasure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you put your seal on us, Lord. You chose us. Thank you, Father, that you gave everything to make this possible. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave your life for us to make this possible. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you pursued us. You revealed truth to us so that we could experience this relationship with you. You have... A special prayer need this morning. I, I don't want you to go out here and feel like you, you didn't get a chance to have it met. If you want to come have someone pray with you. And if you, as a believer, you know you have not been doing exactly right in whatever way, if the Lord is convicting you, stirring you, and challenging you, and letting you know that you need to make some changes, you need to, to set a new course, you need to Get back on the path that leads to life instead of the path that's going to take you towards destruction and death. You name the name of Christ. Depart from iniquity. I want to encourage you today. I'm not asking you to confess anything. I'm just asking you if the Lord is stirring you and challenging you to make some corrections, then be responsive today. Build a dwelling place for Him. Say, here I am. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to identify you. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. If you want to make that commitment, you want to come and have somebody pray with you, help you pray through some deliverance, that's fine. If you don't want to come, but you want to pray, then I want to invite you right now where you are just to, just to pray this simple prayer. Lord, I confess that I have, I have lost my way done some things that I, I know I shouldn't have done and your spirit has convicted me and so I confess I ask that you forgive me and I repent I turn from that I don't want to do that anymore I'm asking you to cleanse my heart and heal me restore my soul help me to renew my mind so that I will be changed I don't want to be that same person anymore I don't want to make those same choices anymore I want to walk according to your word according to the truth that's revealed to me. I choose you. My identity is you. You are my Lord. And I will walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if you, you like special prayer, you come as we're singing this last song and someone will meet you at the altar and pray with you. When all I see is the battle 
You see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I'm safe with you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. can be against me for Jesus there's nothing impossible for oh, thank you. you Jesus hallelujah when all I see are the ashes you see the beauty When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. Thank you, Jesus. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Hallelujah. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Shine in the shadow, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Sing it again. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the 
God, the battle belongs to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Receive the blessing of the Lord now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Go and have a great week. If you want to hang out and visit a little bit or if you need prayer, keep coming. There will be people to minister to you. You can stay and worship, whatever you want to do. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Have a great week. Amen.